Good morning, everybody. Welcome into 104.3 The Fans Coffee Break. DMAC, Rachel Beal, hanging out with you on this Thursday. DMAC, how are you? What mug you got today? I got my uh, – I'm conflicted because I have my ASU gear on, but I've got my Syracuse mug. So, Rachel, wherever you spend money, you get to call them your college, okay? That's just the way it goes, one way or the other. So I'm I, you, DMAC. You got love for your kids. You support your kids. I understand. Today I am rocking a Capricorn mug. Nice. That's what you are, Capricorn. I'm a Capricorn, born on January 12th. So we've got a Capricorn mug. Cheers. Tell me something interesting about being a Capricorn. You caught me right as I was taking a sip. Yeah. Um, we are very, how do I phrase this in a very nice way? We are very stubborn. We know what goals we want, and we go for those goals, um, and we don't let anything get in our way of achieving those goals. So I feel like that fits very true to who I am. Um, I'm someone who wants to be the very best at everything I do, so I would agree with that. What are you, DMAC? Well, I'm a Cancer the Crab, and um, uh, our best trait is we can't tan. (laughs) Okay, I did not know that. Well... Cheers to that, right? <laughs> I mean, you can tell, but, you know, sorry. All right, let's get into it because we've already got a comment. What happened to the Nuggets? They were eliminated last night from the NBA playoffs as they fell to Golden State, 102 to 98. DMAC, what happened? Well, the NBA inherently, Rachel, is runs. Um, it happens all the time. <clears throat> it's very common, and every team knows it. And even Steve Kerr, between the um, uh, third and the fourth, said, well, we're down by eight. That doesn't mean anything. And, and he's right. Uh, it's just it's – just, so you get a 10-point lead, and the NBA, it's, it's, it's just not that big of a deal. I mean, to feel secure in the fourth quarter, you need to be up, I don't know, 20 with about five minutes to go. So a 10-point lead is not a big deal. So it wasn't some sort of ridiculous collapse. The game kind of just came down to the last couple minutes. I think the Nuggets – should be proud of how they played in games three, four, and five. Could have gone either way last night. And I think it's as simple as you were just without Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. Because in those last couple minutes where you really need somebody to make a big play, they just weren't there. Rachel, look at Jokic. He led the team in the playoffs in points, steals, rebounds, assists, field goal percentage, blah, blah, blah. I think he drove the bus. He got him coffee. It, it just was – it's too much. You know, he's incredible, um, but it was just way out of balance. And, and you know, they could have won last night. They could have, but they're just not as rounded out as um, Golden State. Uh, but they gave it a heck of an effort, that's for sure. So I don't, I don't think it's anything like what happened, like something terrible happened. I think what happened was they got a lot farther than they should have because they do have the league MVP. Then they gave it a heck of a battle. Uh, I think that's exactly what happens. Um, and now they have some, you know, huge decisions to make uh, moving forward. We'll talk about that. But real quick, we've got a, a clip from a Draymond Green talking about mm. Jokic. Take a listen. You know, they're a tough team, and they're going to go to Joker. Uh, we all know that. But in saying that, you can, you can know it, and you still have to stop it. Um, absolutely incredible player. Uh, it's the reason he was the MVP last year. And that's the, probably the reason he's going to be MVP again this year. I mean, it was absolutely amazing to play against him. He made me better, and I'm very thankful to have that matchup to continue to improve myself as a basketball player. And, and how good does it feel not to guard Nikola Jokic anymore the rest of the playoffs? <laughs> Man, 
that was tough. Every time I see him running down the floor, it's like, oh, my God, here I go again. So <laughs> I'm absolutely uh, thankful and excited to be done with him as he's been, I mean, like I said before, he's a great player. But, you know, I had help from some great guys. Looney uh, throwing his body at him for some minutes, which gave my legs a rest. And then everybody, when you guard a guy like that, it's, it's not an individual effort. It's an absolute team effort. But, man, is he, is, he's an incredible player. Draymond, yeah. obviously, some very nice words about Jokic, and I'm sure Betty is pretty happy that he doesn't have to play him anymore. Uh, you listen, I love Draymond Green as a player. He knows his role, which is a Hall of Fame, first ballot Hall of Fame defensive player. You know, he'll throw in uh, a little bit of offense needed, but that's not his thing. He's there to defend. He got a huge steal against Jokic in Game 3. He did. But other than that, Jokic kind of ate his lunch. You know, even in game three, Jokic was dominating before Green got that steal. Uh, and I think Green did a great job against Jokic. And they got they got the Joker into some foul trouble last night. So I, I think that's great. I, I think um, Jokic shares uh, those equal feelings about Draymond Green. I mean, I get it, like, from a fan's perspective, why boo, Draymond Green, that sort of thing. But uh, that dude gets his team going. He is uh, he is an incredible player on his in his own right. Because he's so effective defensively and, you know, relatively undersized, you know, compared to most centers in the league and Jokic. So great, great player. And, you know, Steph Curry didn't have a great shooting night, but he just keeps on shooting. And Clay and Poole were, you know, off a little bit. But just collectively, they were just they were just a little bit better. But it does go to show you, Rachel, I don't think the Nuggets are that far away. And, you know, we'll see what happens with Golden State against either Memphis or uh, Minnesota, but I wouldn't be surprised to see them in the finals. I don't know what's going to happen to the Suns now without Booker. I think they're toast. I mean, they may survive against the Pelicans, but uh, th- watch what happens to them without their best player, okay? I think we're already seeing it. And the fact that the Nuggets got where they got, it's Jokic. And Jokic put it out there last night, Rachel, that he would sign a Supermax contract. He, he is absolutely willing to be a Nugget for his entire career. And the Supermax, Rachel, 5 254 guaranteed. Go over $50 million a year for the next five years if he signs a uh, Supermax. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I don't even know what you do with that kind of money. If you're Jokic, you're probably buying a lot of horses, let's be honest. Lots of, he loves he – said, so he says after the game last night, and he gave everything. He wasn't one, two, three Cancun. But he, he, he said, um, you know, what happens now? And he goes, well, I'm going to go back to Serbia as fast as I can um, and spend time with my friends, family, and horses, which was a great quote. Uh, and then he was asked, what if you do win the MVP? I know you don't care about it, but what if you win? And I, and I go, uh, hang out with friends, drink beer, you know, what you're supposed to do. So there's, there's a lot of um, – and then he was asked, well, what if you don't get it? And, you know, he said, uh, the, it doesn't bother me at all, brother. You know, it, it, it can't, can't, can't care less about it. And that, that is true, Rachel. That is not a put-on. That is absolutely true. He's an unbelievable competitor. He is a fantastic teammate. Um, but, Rachel, I think he signs the Supermax deal. And whatever the length of the Supermax deal is, I think that's it for him in the NBA. I just think he's got – other things he wants to do, like Steph Curry is 34 years old right now. That would be Jokic in seven years. 
I mean, I just don't think we'll see it. I just think Jokic will be done. I just think he has other things that interest him. You think if they would win a, a championship that after the year after that, he would be like, you know what? I accomplished this. It's time to move on. Um, I think it, it, it was at the end of his contract. I think he's a, you know, I don't think he would sell the organization short and just like if he won in two years, just quit. I, I don't see that. I, I see him as a very loyal guy, somebody who would ride out his contract all the way. And he's got, you know, 50 million reasons a year to do that. But I, I think it is a heads up that our time with this guy is going to be relatively short, in my opinion. I do not. He's 27. I don't think you see him here for 10 or 13 years. I, I just don't. I think you see him here until he's around 34. And that's it. And he'll be quite happy with that. So and, and, and he won't not give full effort, Rachel. He will. Um, mm-hmm. So it's incumbent upon the Nuggets to take advantage of it. They'll pay him the most money that anybody's ever been paid. And then you got to get Jamal back and Michael Porter Jr. And, you know, I'm not sure what they do with Boogie Cousins. Um, that's a tricky one. I'm not sure what you do with Boogie Cousins. Well, let's get sure. into that. I think you sign him. I think yeah. he's proven that he deserves to be on this team more than some other members of this team, for sure. Lots of people in the comments are even saying, uh, like, Barton's got to go. Will Barton's got to go. The Greens, they got to go. Like, what are we doing here with some of them when Boogie Cousins had a phenomenal performance last night? Well, uh, uh, Jeff Green's definitely going to go. I mean, he's he's an older guy and uh, he's been in the league 14 years. And, you know, that's that's fine. He's he's going to go. Although, you know, I, I, I would never have a problem with Jeff Green being deep on the bench as just one of those guys. Talk about a tremendous teammate and a, an incredible guy. So uh, depending on what his contract status is, for him to be the 12th, 13th, whatever guy on the bench, um, you know, that's all right. That that wouldn't bother anybody. He can't be a starter anymore. You know, you got to move on from that. Jermichael Green, I'm not sure what his contract status is, but he's just a backup. So there's, you know, he's fine. He doesn't have to go anywhere. Will Barton's got another year, Rachel. But but don't forget, next year, well, it's all right, though. He'd be coming off the bench. He would not be, well, geez. God, would they start him? God, maybe they would start him. I don't know. Michael Malone probably would start him. Michael, Michael Malone loves Will Barton. Um, but you'll see the more the emergence of, of uh, Bones. Um, Bones just wasn't quite ready for it in the playoffs. It, it was. I mean, except for one game where he was awesome. The overall series was just a little bit too big for him. To Marcus, Rachel, it's a conundrum. Because when things are good, he's great. Uh, but when things go sideways, Rachel, and we saw a pinch of it, in game two and things go a little sideways. I don't know, man, that's a tough energy right there. Um, that is, that is, it's a trickier decision than a lot of people think. And for everybody harping about Boogie should have been playing at the same time as Jokic. Rachel, I saw it this year. It wasn't good. It didn't really work. They play the same position. There's just not room on the floor for both of them to operate the way they would operate. There's not an, he, it, it, Boogie Cousins doesn't play like an outside corner three shooter sort of guy like Aaron Gordon can play. He, he doesn't do that, even though he can hit a three. But most of his threes are from the top of the key, similar to, to Jokic. Rachel, it just – I get it. I understand he was playing really, really well and all that. But they are interchangeable. They're like a, a running back position that share that load. They, they don't really work together. They wouldn't have worked together. It would not have been the answer. Okay, my question is, though, why not have Jokic under the basket and boogie out by the three? 
because it just doesn't – because the, the offense rolls the, – the entire offense of the Nuggets rolls through Jokic starting at the top of the key with a pick and roll. It's not a very complicated offense. So in that situation, where are you putting Boogie? If the entire offense starts with Jokic at the top of the key, pick and roll, and you go from there, well, you see they spread the court. That's why Aaron Gordon's in the corner all the time. You know, you kind of rotate from that point. So where's Boogie? In the corner? Standing in the corner? Well, what good is he going to do? He's not going to rebound from there. He's not going to hit corner threes from there. And and he's not going to be in the low post either because that's going to get in Jokic's way. That would just uh, clog up the lane. So where, where would you put him? There, there literally would not be a play. They tried it, Rachel. Rachel, they tried it during the year. I saw it. It was awkward. Nobody knew where to go. It did not work. It wasn't the answer. You needed to get the shots made from the guys that are out there. They got them in game four. They didn't get them in game five. It's as simple as that. But the, the answer wasn't putting Boogie in there as well. It wasn't. They tried it. It stunk. It, it, Michael Malone made the right decision not even to go there. Okay. Well, Mac, you were obviously there. You saw it in person then this season. So I'll take your word for it because that was what I wanted. That was what I wanted to see was getting Boogie out there with Jokic. But if you're telling me it didn't work, I'll trust you on that one. Well, again, it's just logically like, <laughs> so he's out there, but, but now what? You know, and Jeff Green is spread out. Jamichael Green is spread out. Aaron Gordon is spread out. They don't clog up the lane underneath. That's not Boogie's game. Boogie, Boogie's a low post sort of guy. He does this. He's the same as Jokic. It is. You have that same type of player. Uh, and he had an incredible game. So instead of thinking like, what did Jokic have last night? 33? No, 30. He had 30. He had exactly 30. And Boogie had 19. The way people, in my opinion, should think about that, you got 49 points from that position. That is awesome. That is incredible. You need to get contributions from your other positions that play in different places on the floor. Don't think of it as Boogie wasn't out there. Think of it as that the, pro- the productivity of that particular position, which was off the charts. Off the charts. Okay, unless, you think, unless you think Boogie would play another person's position better than that person. Like, do, would you rather have Boogie than Aaron Gordon? Not last night I wouldn't. Would you rather have him than great. Will Barton? I don't know. I mean, I guess – but they wouldn't even guard Boogie out there, Rachel. If he was outside, they would just sink in. They wouldn't guard him. It would... No, all right. I'm done talking about it. Oh, okay. Well, like I said, I'm going to trust you on that one since you saw it. But a few players took to Twitter last night after the loss, thanking the fans. Uh, Bones Highland said, hell of a season. Proud of my guys and how we fought when we could when we could have gave up. Wouldn't want to go to war with any other teammates. Congrats to the Warrior on their success. Great players over there with good class act. It was fun battling against you guys this series. Austin Rivers, who went out with an injury yesterday, said heavy or heart heavy right now. Wish I could have played tonight and battled with my bros maybe it would have been a different outcome maybe not regardless proud of our fight nuggets nation thank you for your support means a lot to me and my family congrats to gsw great team no doubt and that's gonna be a wrap on the nuggets this season it's hard to believe uh yeah I'm, i'm bummed about it i love covering them i love going to games i love getting to know the coaches the players great dudes and um a couple things just didn't work like, Brent Forbes didn't work, unfortunately. Uh, Compazzo, of course, was a total disaster, so that he, he'll be gone. Uh, they really missed P.J. Dozier, who got hurt and then traded with Bull Bull later on. But they they talk about somebody we never talk about, but they, they missed 
what he could possibly contribute. Austin Rivers, I thought, was fantastic. You know, and he's kind of this defensive sort of guy. They really – the game may have hinged – like, Jokic had to be great, and he was. They missed Austin Rivers being out there, uh, especially at the end of the game. And, you know, if I was critical of Malone at all, it's that when they started Curry, they did start Curry. He didn't come off the bench last night. They should have started Austin Rivers, too, and not Jeff Green. If they were doing that matchup with Rivers off the bench and Curry off the bench, okay, fine, I guess. But when you start Curry, okay, make the adjustment. You know, start start Rivers. And, of course, they had a lead going into the fourth quarter. Um, so, I, you know, I guess, you know, up yours, D-Mac, for Michael Malone to me about that. But, you know, we had it going. And, and okay, fine. You know, it all, it all kind of worked out, but they, they, they really did miss Austin Rivers. Rachel, I'll tell you this, though. They got to be in the Western Conference Finals next year. Got to. Got to, or it's a disaster. And they have to win the NBA championship in the next two years, or it's a complete disaster. And, and frankly, if they're not in the NBA Finals next year, it's going to be disappointing. So disaster, not making the Conference Finals. Disappointing, if not in the Finals. And most likely, if they don't win a championship within two years, you probably got to move on and, and operate a different philosophy from Michael Malone. Even though I love Michael Malone, um, the, the bar should be raised that high. They have the talent to do so. They're spending the money to do so. So do so. All right. Well, you said they've got to win in two years. Otherwise, it's a disaster. Same concept is going with the Avalanche this season, that if they don't make it to the Stanley Cup Finals, it's a disaster of a season. We got a question. It says, DMAC, is tonight's game a statement game since the Avs will probably be playing Nashville in round one? Not really. No. Um, uh, against St. Louis was a statement game. They had lost four in a row. Uh, they had like basically a team meeting, which they hadn't had all year, where the leaders got up and spoke. Uh, they came out on fire. They got a little sloppy for a few minutes. Tonight against Nashville, it's quirky because Florida did lose the other night, but they have Otto and Montreal coming up, So the chance, and they're two points ahead of the Avs. So the, the chance to win the Presidents, although the Avs do have the tiebreaker against Florida, but the up, uh, I'm getting in the weeds. It's not a statement game. It's not. It was against the Blues. It's not against Nashville. In fact, just the opposite. Um, I'd be okay if they actually lost tonight and Nashville gets in their brain and a little cocky about that. Um, I think the most important thing, they, Rachel, they did have to play well against St. Louis. Okay. That was weird. They need to stop the slide. They did it. They showed what they can do. And as far as I'm concerned, that's fine. What they really need to do in these next couple of games, Rachel is, is not get hurt. Nobody needs to be injured. Um, they should, um, it's a home game. So, okay. You'll play it out a little bit. They shouldn't even take four or five guys to Minnesota for Friday. Shouldn't even take them. And frankly, if, if Bednar just wanted to get on that a little bit early um, today and either short shift guys or maybe scratch a couple guys, and I'm talking big guys. I'm talking McKinnon or Nikushkin. Uh, and although Miko's coming back. So it's funny because Miko's been out with a weird sickness, a non-COVID sickness that's kept him out for over a week, which is kind of like a head scratcher. I'm glad he's feeling okay. So he's back. He needs to get his legs under him. So that's okay. Um, so you can rest other dudes. It's fine by me. No, if you're going to the game tonight, that's awesome. It's the last regular season home game. But, Rachel, hopefully we have another two months of hockey. So tonight, um, don't put much stock in tonight at all. I mean, we'll be there covering the whole thing um, after our draft party. Busy night. Draft party. Then down to the avalanche. 
But um, no, tonight, not a big deal. They might face Nashville. Okay, I'm not afraid of Nashville. I'm not afraid of Dallas. They're going to clean the brink of both of those teams. We saw Vegas collapse, which was awesome. So not worried about anything. Not worried about anything in the first round. And then likely you'll face uh, Minnesota or St. Louis in the second round, one of those two. I'm not worried about those teams either. And so I'm not worried about anything up until the um, conference finals. And then you'll face, what, Edmonton or Calgary or something like that. Now we're talking. Now it gets a little bit more dicey. But I'm not – they needed to show me something, though. And they did. And now I'm done. Good. All right, cool. Just checking. Just checking. Everything cool, guys? Oh, okay, everything's cool. All right. Fine. Done. We'll see you on Monday when it gets going. Tonight, oh. have a game if you're going, but the game means nothing. I can't believe that we're coming up next week for this playoffs. It feels like we've been talking about it for so long now. But you mentioned earlier the Golden Knights eliminated from the playoffs with officially Nashville or the Stars. Which team would you prefer? Um, Well, I'm going to the games. I don't know if you heard that, but I'm actually going to be traveling to the games. So I think they'll kill both of them. So selfishly, I've never been to Nashville. I've never, ever been for I don't know why. And I hate Dallas. Dallas sucks as a city. Nobody stays in Dallas. Everybody lives in the suburbs. It's a boring-ass city, in my opinion. All the action in Dallas is, like, away from the city of Dallas, Rachel. I was there for the second-worst Super Bowl of all time. The worst was in New York with the Broncos when they lost, and that sucked. Dallas was the second-worst Super Bowl city of all time. Um, So I have no reason like, except for a shorter flight to go to Dallas. I've never been to Nashville. They're going to pound either of these teams. So let's entertain me, DMAC. Let's go to Nashville. We'll get DMAC's travel guide up yes. on the website, EndeavorFan.com. I love it. All right. You also mentioned tonight is the NFL draft. Huge night here in Denver. Obviously, just having the draft, the Broncos don't have a first-round pick. But we have Russell Wilson, so we're all just going to be celebrating him. But we're going to go back because tomorrow night – the Denver Nuggets will select in the second round. So we're doing the top second rounds from the last 20 years. We've got the first 10 going first. So I've got a graphic. Here we go. Or actually, oh. this is going to be from all the way back in 20 or 2002. Man, that just seems so weird to say. So Crazy. it goes by year starting from the top. So we've got Clinton Portis, Paul Tavasi. I probably butchered that name. Card, Tatum Bell, Darren Williams, Tony Scheffler, Tim Crowder, Eddie Royal, Alfonso Smith, Zane Beatles, or Raheem Moore. Out of this group, DMAC, who was the top? Uh, that's a great question. Well, uh, Clinton Portis, um, because he was incredibly dynamic when he was with the Broncos. And then we traded Clinton Portis Best for Chan Bailey. So Clinton Portis, out of all those guys, really was the best for the Broncos, he was great here. We got Champ Bailey for him. Uh, he would be number one. Oh, there you go. There you go. There you go. The best trade ever. Okay, going into the past 10 years now, Rock Osweiler, Monty Ball, Cody Latimer, Ty Sambrello, Adam Goddess, Demarcus Walker, Cortland Sutton, Dalton Reisner, KJ Hamler, or Javante Williams. Oh, uh, well, this is easy. It's Brock Osweiler because they just, Rachel, simply do. They, they don't win the Super Bowl without him. Uh, Peyton Manning went out halfway through the season, and Brock Osweiler went 5-2 and two as a starter. Simple as that. And there's a mixed bag of opinions whether they would have won the Super Bowl with Brock or not. 
I think they would have. I think their defense was that strong, and Brock was playing well enough. Uh, the intangibles of Manning, you can't debate them. But statistically, Manning wasn't great in the playoffs. Um, but he was Peyton Manning, and they won big games with him. So I'm not trying to discount Peyton at all. But, but they would not have made the Super Bowl if they did not have a high-quality backup that was able to perform when he was needed. So I know Brock didn't have the lengthiest or best Broncos career, but you, they've only won three Super Bowls, Rachel. So if you draft somebody and he is a significant part of you winning a Super Bowl, then it's a great draft pick. Of course, the irony, Rachel, is that you realize in the same draft that Brock Osweiler was in, after Brock Osweiler, uh, the Seahawks drafted Russell Wilson. It is one of these crazy debates because Tim Tebow was the quarterback at the time. And this time, all those years ago, what, 2012, right? So 10 years ago, today, you know, uh, I was, uh, you know, still doing the same thing I'm doing today, right? And I was banging the table to take Russell Wilson later in the draft because I, I was a moron then about quarterbacks. I had no idea what I was talking about quarterbacks back then. I had no idea how bad the khaki pants strategy was. So at that time, I said, oh, great, draft Russell Wilson later on because he's the perfect complement to Tim Tebow. And what would have happened in Denver, Rachel, is the same thing that happened in Seattle. Wilson would have got drafted. He would have beat out Tim Tebow pretty easily, just like he beat out Matt Flynn in Seattle. And we would have had a decade with Russell Wilson. And um, it's one of these fascinating sports talk debates. Like, what would you have rather had? A short period of time with Peyton Manning and six years of disaster or not Peyton Manning at all, and you would have drafted Russell Wilson, and he would have had his whole career here. Um, what would you have rather had, Rachel? Yeah, that one is extremely, extremely tough, because obviously the sheriff means so much to us here in Denver, not just in the football community, but just in the community in general. Um but also Russell Wilson has proven that he can be extremely successful. And so, but would the same thing in Seattle could have happened in Denver? You know what I'm like? That's where my thing would he have eventually have left us. So what do you love Blancos? What do you got bored here? You know, we don't know. That's a great, it's a great, it's a great question. That's a great question, Rachel. It's, it's that, that's where we, the, the wheels fall off. Right. Like, um, you know, would, uh, would John Fox still be the coach? Would this be that? Would that be that? You know, at the end of the day, we're probably happy w with where we are, are at. But that's why the draft day is so incredible, Rachel, that when you look back on things, if you did this or that, and it's easy to reflect on draft day when the Broncos had the fifth overall pick, you know, should they have taken Josh Allen or Bradley Chubb? I mean, that, that was the decision to be made at the time. Never mind whatever else had built up. Right then, right there, the excitement was, do you take a pass rusher or Josh Allen, specifically Josh Allen? Not Josh Rosen, not Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen. And that's one of the, the, the worst mistakes in Broncos history and really was um, probably the biggest reason the Broncos are, were in the predicament they're in. And, Rachel, they're not out of it yet, okay? I mean, listen, we all have high hopes, rightfully so. They're a 7-10 and 10 football team, Rachel. They're a team that's been under 500 for five straight years. They haven't made the playoff in six years. They have – they're only the Broncos and the Jets haven't been to the playoffs in the past six years, 
And the Broncos have the worst record in NFL history for any team that won the Super Bowl after the Super Bowl. So until we really start winning some games, all those things are part of the story as well. And where did it tip off? Probably in 2018. We, I mean, we were already losing, but we could have stemmed the tide there, Rachel, and we didn't. And it led to four more years or three more years, three more seasons of misery. So tonight we lay back because we already made our first round pick. Our first round pick was Russell Wilson. Our first round pick next year, Rachel, is Russell Wilson. Our second round pick this year is Russell Wilson. Our second round pick next year is Russell Wilson. Our second second round pick, we don't know. We'll figure that out, but that comes um, tomorrow. Um, But tonight – We'll have a live show. We're happy about it. But the Broncos are not going to be involved whatsoever. Meet us down at Stoney's Bar and Grill. Both DMAC and I will be down there tonight. So definitely come check it out. And then DMAC's headed off to the Avalanche game. Like, the champion he is. But DMAC, I love having you on the show. Thank you so much for joining me. And everyone else, thank you, too, so much for hanging out with us. We'll be back again tomorrow morning at 10.30 a.m. for another edition of Coffee Break. Cheers, everyone. Happy Thursday.